Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro, and I'm a partner in the M&A and Private Equity Group at Stegman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Michelle Middlemore. Michelle is the founder and managing partner of MC2 Business Advisors. Michelle, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Michelle, I always like to start by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. And I know you, you've been in the middle market for a long, long time. So lots to tell. We've known each other for many years. And so love for you to tell our guests a little bit about yourself and also about MC2. Sure. I'm happy to. Uh, yeah, I've been in middle market M&A uh, probably since 1994, 1995. Uh, so 15 years with PwC. Uh, and then, you know, uh, out into industry for a while and uh, most recently partner in MNP corporate finance. And I think it was uh, 2016 when a group of us decided to form MC2 Business Advisors. And all of us, there's you know five core members of the team. We all have, you know, 20 plus years experience in the middle market in a variety of disciplines, corporate finance, M&A, management consulting and you know, financial operations, CFO type roles. And our uh, mandate was just to provide a specialized boutique uh, corporate finance and M&A advisory service to owner managed businesses. And Michelle, I know you have enormous amount of experience working with owners over the years. I mean, you've worked with them in so many uh, different capacities you know, supporting them as they look to sell their businesses and, and frankly, sometimes being with them for years before they ever affect the sale. And, you know, one of the greats, the skills that you have in your team is, is that ability to work with owners. And I want to talk about that because, we, you know, we often think about M&A and we, we forget that it kind of all starts with owners. You know, it doesn't start with the buyer, it starts with the seller. And I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, your experience and how you work with owners. And, you know, it's so hard sometimes for them to let go of the thing that they've created, their life's work, you know, how you get them over the line. Because I, I know it is one of the most challenging things for a sell-side advisor. But then in many ways, it's also one of the most beneficial things that we do for these owners, the ability to, you know, obviously reap the rewards from their years of service. Absolutely. I have made uh, many, uh, many longtime friends uh, over the years in, in business owners that we've been able to help. And I think when it comes to an owner and managed business, there's such an emotional attachment to the business. It really is a lot different than some of the larger corporates spinning off a division or, or something like that. You know, there's a lot more to it. And, and there's a lot of personal objectives that you have to consider, as well as just trying to maximize value for the shareholders. Um, you know, oftentimes the employees have been with the entrepreneur since the very beginning. And, you know, they they want those employees to be well taken care of. Um, there's legacy issues, you know, the desire for the business to be, you know, continue, you know, in a certain way and, you know, be managed with a certain philosophy. So, you know, being cognizant of that and, really trying to find the right fit for a, an owner manager to the, the right kind of purchaser is really, really important. And taking the time to get to know the entrepreneur, get to know the family, 
really get to get to understand where the pain points are and craft a, a transaction that's uh, going to result in, in in the best possible outcome. Uh, and that's not necessarily always the best price, but there can be a lot uh, of different ways to you know keep keep an owner still kind of connected with the business and connected with employees sometimes even though they're not actively in, involved in the business and so talking with purchasers about that future role for the entrepreneur to be able to maybe maximize some of the things that they really are going to miss about their role in the business and taking away you know some of the things that they don't particularly like to do usually the finance and accounting <laughs> side of things uh, but it's uh, it, it really has been quite rewarding for us to be able to get to know people on a personal level and try and uh, you know work out the best possible outcome for them and that you know it's been a lot easier for us working in a boutique environment to do that kind of thing than it was when we were at you know the big firms uh, because we don't have to worry so much about how we're accounting for every single minute of our time. We can spend a lot more time with clients getting to know them on a personal level. Uh, and that's actually allowed us to do a much better job for them on the advisory side. When you work with an owner, you know, to obviously contemplate a sale and to get to the sales process, what do you find the greatest challenge in working with owners who obviously don't know the M&A process and frankly find it comes overwhelming? I know when I work with them, they're kind of, what is this world? What what do you find the ultimate challenge in your practice in terms of getting an owner to a sales process and, and obviously successful sales process? Uh, yeah, you know, the preparation side of it is really key. You know, we, we spend a lot of time up front kind of explaining the, uh, the process, uh, talking through the process, uh, going over examples you know, other other transactions and the way things have played out, you know, some of the things that have come up uh, to try to give owners and, and their families an idea uh, of what to expect. Uh, but it doesn't matter how many conversations you have, they're never really quite prepared for the diligence process and how uh, excruciating pain, <laughs> excruciatingly painful that can be and how much information uh, is going to be required and the level of detail that a purchaser is going to want to go in into in their business. So, um, you know, we, we do our best to take as much of the legwork of that process off their plate. Um, and that's part of the things that help. We were able to spend more time up front getting to know the entrepreneur and their business. You know, it, it makes us better able to field questions during the diligence exercise and kind of move that needle forward a little bit more without necessarily having to have the entrepreneur's direct involvement in all of those discussions. And, and you know, in, in the early stages of the purchase agreements, we can get a, a lot further along because we did that extra work up front. But that's always a, a, a really difficult part of it. And, and because there's such an emotional attachment, you know, to the business, it, it's often, you know, a very high anxiety process. And, you know, as things are are pointed out during the diligence exercise, I, I find owner managers tend to take those things as personal insults, as opposed to just, you know, the normal business points that come up in almost every diligence exercise. 
So I think part of our role, you know, is a bit of a kind of go between, um, you know, in, in terms of making sure that we can also assist the purchaser in communicating things in a, a delicate way back to the owner, you know, to help preserve that relationship and, and make sure that the remainder of the transaction can go smoothly. Uh, so, you know, we're very sensitive to how things can easily go off the rails because an owner might have misinterpreted a, a question or or a criticism or a request to adjust the terms or structure of the transaction. You know, when it it, uh, it is oftentimes very legitimate, it's just not received in the right way by the owner. And so it's often a shame to see how, how deals can go off the rails that it would be that are actually very good deals, but the the owner has felt slighted in some way. I want to go back to a theme that you've highlighted a few times directly and indirectly, and I think it's one of the points that tends to be underappreciated by buyers, particularly in the middle market and the lower middle market. And you've already alluded to it, uh, which is that idea that an owner sometimes doesn't sell to the highest bidder and people have a hard time believing that but they they really do look for a variety of other factors and sometimes purchasers as you said misinterpret or misplace you know what's important to a seller and i just want to get your perspective on you know when you see purchases in these process from a seller side what do you see as kind of or if you want to say the 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 effective way or the successes and the pitfalls of buyers interacting with with owners uh because i you know some of them think it's just price Uh, and you i think did a great job of highlighting already that some people overemphasize price particularly in the lower middle market in the middle to, to some of the other variables that an owner finds compelling for them yeah, and you know, it's particularly the the case I think when we're we're talking about financial buyers, you know, private equity and and search funds. I think owners tend to have a degree of skepticism around the financial buyer just because of things that they've heard and a general perception that private equity and and financial buyers are are only interested in kind of stripping the business of you know, of every penny that they can, you know, uh, running it with with the fewest resources possible to pump up the EBITDA and, you know, work the the staff to the bone to get as much growth as they can, you know, over a five-year period and then sell it again at, at an accretive multiple. So that perception that they have, you know, you know takes a lot uh, sometimes to overcome, <laughs> and uh, and and a lot of times, you know, owners don't even want to talk to financial buyers because because of that that perception. And so, when a purchaser is you know talking to the entrepreneur about their business, you know, I think it's really important that they connect on a personal level and that they share uh, a, a little bit about you know their personal and corporate philosophies uh, and you know what they want to uh, achieve out of the transaction other than just their return on investment because you know i, I don't think that it's a, a fair assessment that you know all financial buyers have a disregard for the well-being of the employees and and just trying to you know push for growth and you know maximize their return but I think that that's, you know, sometimes a barrier for people and uh, being able to to have a conversation more around 
the plans for the business, uh, the future for the business, um, different opportunities the employees might have um, going forward and talking about kind of longer term strategies will go further sometimes than, you know, say, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll improve our offer by 2% or 3% in, in, in terms of getting a deal and being selected as the preferred purchaser. I wanted to turn to kind of the market and where we're at. And obviously, with all these macro forces and all that's going on in the world right now, I want to get a perspective on what you're working on, what you're seeing, the activity that you're seeing. I know we've talked about this, that you're still busy and, and it looks like sellers have not been scared away by some of these macro forces that are going on out there, at least in the middle market. But wanted to get your perspective on what you've been working on. Uh, what you're seeing from a sell side perspective from owners, what you're hearing, uh, activity, given your boots on the ground? Sure. Um, I think we've been saying for about 10 years now that there's going to be a flood uh, of business owners looking to sell their business because they're approaching retirement age. Uh, in- <laughs> And, and that 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 you know balloon and and flood of deals has has never really materialized. It's always been a bit of a trickle, and people have have tended to be staying in the seat, you know, much much longer than expected. So I think we are you know continuing to see that trickle, and you know, owners deciding, okay, this is the time for me to retire or step back from the business and slow things down. And I think there, you know, there's been, you know, so many disruptions in the market o- over that period of time. You know, I think the attitude of trying to time the market and try, you know, trying to sell at the best time is not so much the focus these days. Is okay, what's my personal timetable? What what's my objective? And and I'm just gonna go ahead and with my plan, regardless of what's happening out there. We saw sellers selling right through COVID. Uh, even though, you know, they were going off of, you know, maybe the worst couple of years of financial performance in their business that they'd ever seen, but it didn't change their mind or their attitude. Uh, what we had to do is is just get a little bit more creative on how we structured these transactions to, you know, try to get them as much value as possible. So, you know, more earnouts and things like that to, you know, to give them a little bit of upside, even though, they were selling at an inopportune time. Now we're looking at, uh, you know, we've come out of COVID. Now we're looking at interest rates. And, you know, same thing. I'm seeing instead of people pulling back, they're saying, yeah, you know, it's a, a scary economic environment. Interest rates are crazy. Let's continue with the deal. But maybe we'll just have to, you know, change the structure of it. So, you know, we're seeing some uh, larger VTBs, you know, at, you um, at lower interest rates to help purchasers with being able to to finance the deals at the original price that was negotiated, perhaps, uh, you know, in a lower interest rate environment, uh, you know, things like that. So looking to find creative solutions to continue to move transactions forward, as opposed to just stepping back and saying, okay, pencils down, we're not doing anything until, you know, until the markets calm down. And I just want to add to what you said. I worked on three transactions this year for sellers who are in their 90s. <laughs> so to your point, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're finally getting there. They're getting to that point where they, they need to transact. Uh, I, um, I always ask our guests, I call it the crystal ball question, you know, 
what their perspective is in terms of uh, where the market's going, where they think it's going from where they sit. And, you know, really want to get your thoughts. Uh, I know you're busy at the moment, activity still strong. Your thoughts about where this market's going, what you're expecting, what your team is thinking about for next year, and given all that's going on on the macro side too. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm expecting to be very busy uh, over the next 12 months. Uh, we've been getting a lot of calls from owners who have been considering selling for, you know, say, you, you know, a year or two and telling us they're ready to get started. So, you know, we, we don't see the the level up activity uh, slowing down much. There are a, a, still a lot of capital out there to be deployed. We get constantly uh, calls from buyers looking for deals. So that, that doesn't seem to be slowing. I think the multiples, you know, got a little bit overheated, you know, coming up to say, you know, six months ago. Uh, because of, you know, a sustained low interest rate environment that always tends to happen and, and a lot of competition for transactions. So I think the multiples will soften a little, but I, I don't see huge swings, um, you know, just maybe a, a little bit of a correction. So I'm expecting things to be pretty much business as usual and still a lot of activity at reasonably um, good valuations, you know, reasonably reasonable multiples, you know, not um, depressed, but, you know, not, uh, not premium either, just, you know, fair deals at, at fair prices. What you know, you made my day, Michelle, when you talk about, because if you're busy, I'm, I'm busy. So <laughs> thank you for make, <laughs> making my day. And thank you for being a guest on the podcast. I mean, I know how many years of service, you know, you've put into doing deals for owners and you have just such a rich experience. So to get your perspective is, is just wonderful and just to hear or as i like to say to kind of get inside the mind of the owner you know we often don't do that so to have you tell us a little bit about what it's like on the ground and trying to you know obviously help an owner achieve his life's work it's greatly appreciated and and thank you for joining us always happy to talk to you mario thanks very much for inviting me to talk to you today